Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of How to Be Sound, the podcast where I, journalist and writer Rosemary McCabe, chat to people I think are slightly, if not totally way sounder than I am, with a hope that these chats will help us all be better at life and sounder in general. Today's guest is Neve Marr, Director of Audio Video at Her.ie. Neve, thank you so much for coming on, on the show. Thank you so much, Rosemary. I'm actually delighted to be here. And also, does it count if I've been requesting to come on this show since its inception? I think it still counts because mm. you might be surprised to know that there are several people who have been asking when they're going to be on the show. Okay. And they've not been on. Okay. okay. And we keep having it like, oh yeah, I must get to that. Yeah, much better. Because as soon as I heard about this, I was like, amazing, Rosemary. Wow. Love it. Love the concept. Your intro is talking about how you like talking to people who you feel are a little bit sounder. I was like, why haven't I on this show yet? So... <laughs> Box it's pretty ticked. much. Yeah, like, it's like box ticked. Like, I thought you, you thought I was sound. We used to go for lunch all the time and then you moved away. I know. Yeah, rude. I moved away. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't move away initially. I moved just across the city, but I'm, I'm incredibly lazy. So like if mm. I'm not right next to you. And we were right next we to were, each other. Yeah, yeah. We were like work neighbours. Tell me what you remember about the very start, first time that we met. The very first time that we met. I believe that I saw you a bunch of times before... We actually met in person. I know that creepy. sounds. I was sounds so creepy. Just from the industry, just being well, around. I was, I was following you around. And yeah. I, well, I knew you. I knew your online persona. So this is what I, I find this so interesting because I felt like I knew you before I actually knew you, and then when I met you, um, everything changed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not to make this episode all about me, but let's make it all about me. <laughs> Um, it, I'm interested that you say my online persona. Oh. Did you think it was very different? Well, I knew about you uh, from your Twitter spats. Let's be totally honest with you. It used to scare me. And we've spoken about this since, Rosemary, because you are very vocal on Twitter and it's not my medium. I'm not into that. It gives me a huge amount of anxiety to put something out into the world and then to fight about it. <laughs> um, like, that just makes me very uncomfortable. It sound great, Neve. No, no, no. But that's kind of like, you know, I use Twitter for my work and that's pretty much what I do with it. But then when I met you, I knew I wanted to have you on Girls With Goals. And at that time, you were going through a career transition and you were really into like fitness and you were going to be a personal trainer and stuff like that. So I found it interesting to meet you at that point in your life Mm -hmm. when you were almost closing the book on that. So essentially, I was like, I might be afraid of her persona online, but let's check her out and see what she's actually like in person. And I thought we just clicked. I got along with you really well. You made me laugh instantly, which I liked. Mm. Oh, I yeah. love, why didn't I have you on before now? Um, I would like to point out that you're not wrong about my <laughs> modus operandi on Twitter yeah. for a number of years. Yes. I think I've really changed and grown. You have, absolutely. And I don't think I've had very many or any spats on Twitter or like any spats that I have had on Twitter in the past couple of months or a year have really taken me by surprise. Whereas I used to kind of pursue not fights, but I would kind of, you know, dive yeah. headfirst into 
a discussion that would then turn into an argument that would then turn into a spat. Mm. Or like I would see something tweeted and immediately argue with the person. Yeah. Whereas now I just like DM it to my friends. Now don't get me wrong, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really enjoy watching those things unfold. Like, like a car as, crash. As long as they're not cruel or you know as long as there's a little bit of responsibility from both sides and that's kind of a bigger issue that I have with Twitter when it comes to journalism I guess um but yeah I always kind of found them very entertaining I mean you know what I I feel like Twitter has got a lot less friendly and respectful not that it was not that you would ever have described Twitter as being friendly and respectful but I think it's got worse over the past couple years and that probably has something to do with why I don't do it anymore yeah it's a it's a it's a scary place I think at times so so tell me about your tell me about girls with goals because Mm. you started girls with goals I think around the same time as I started how to be sad I was talking to somebody about this the other day Mm. And yet you have done, is it like a hundred and something episodes now? Yeah, I'm actually, I just... Scarlet for me. I just scheduled uh, episode 106, which is going to be going up later this evening with Izzy Wheels. They're amazing. So that, that will be up by the time this podcast comes Oh, that will. That will yeah. all be up. Yeah, go like and subscribe. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, Girls With Goals originally started under the Maximum Media brand, uh, Her.E specifically in 2017. But I actually had the idea for it about a year and a half previous and actually recorded a couple of episodes while I was still at my former work, which was radio. So I was a news editor in radio and I was in the same radio station for seven years, but worked in radio, the industry for the guts of a decade anyway. And I wanted it to be a sports show. So that was kind of where it came from originally. So I was very interested in female sports. I felt like there was no coverage of it whatsoever. Um, And I thought that it was a massive like hole in this entire industry that we were all crashing about in. So pitched it to uh, my program director and stuff like that. And I actually pitched it as a radio show originally. I was just like, you know, I want to get athletes in and we can talk. And I'm thinking like a Sunday afternoon type show. I think it'd be great. He said no. He was like, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but this this was a good few years ago. So it was before, you know, this renaissance of women in sports, which That's is That's actually what I was going to say. Like, it has been a very interesting time for you to be doing this oh, because absolutely. the coverage is is still not good. No. But yeah. has got a lot better. Exactly. And I've just wrapped Play by Play, which was an all-female show that we did on Sports Joe and Her for the last six months, which was incredible. But back then, you know, which is kind of 2016, you know, the audience... They were still there, but the audience weren't known. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and I suppose mm-hmm. it was untapped territory, essentially. But now, to be fair to him, he did tell me, why don't you make it as a podcast? And, you know, you can use the facilities here and just, like, push it out and we'll see. We'll kind of gauge what, what that interest is. So I went and I did that, recorded a couple of episodes with a couple of uh, Olympians. <laughs> no big deal. And then I decided to go digital because... I was a little afraid of radio at that point as well, having been in it for so long. Not afraid, but I was just getting this yearning to make different content. I wanted Mm -hmm. to produce content that was primarily focused around women and that also was longer form. And just being in radio for so long and having kind of like clawed my way to a, a really great position in radio, I didn't see any other place that I could go. So yeah, I needed to get out and digital was the door. And were you on air in radio or were you always kind of behind the scenes or was it a bit oh, of both? Oh yeah, no, I was on air. I was newsreader as well as being the news editor. So like reading the news and stuff like that. But I was also part of the breakfast show. So I was kind of the female sandwich in, in that delightful, no wait. The female filling in that delightful man Thank sandwich. You. Exactly, yeah. A manwich. Yeah, a man sandwich, which was and can be the case a lot of the times to have like that kind of female voice in a in a 
duo of hilarity for men. Um, So I was sick of that, really. But I loved my team and I loved the people that I was working with. But I just wanted my voice to not be that kind of like little interspersed female voice. I just, well, you know, coming from radio as well at that time and it's definitely gotten better, but it was just massive inequality. Like there just is, there still is. You don't want to be the um, seasoning. No, exactly. And the thing is when I moved into her, you know, it wasn't straight away. It wasn't like, great, you've got girls with goals, do that. Uh, It took six months. It took six months to kind of me you know, position myself. And I took a a step back from a senior position in a company to kind of go in lower and work my way up. And it took six months to kind of get the go ahead to do that podcast. And then literally rose me around the same time you released your podcast. Uh, There was a lot of other female shows that were coming out. Mm -hmm. And originally I was like, oh God, you know, this is going to become so saturated, which it did. But at the same time, like, I couldn't be a hypocrite because this was what I wanted. I wanted more females to be speaking. I wanted there to be more voices heard. And so then we all just started doing it. And it's awesome now. There's so many. There's so many that I listen to that I'm fans of. And I get amazing messages about Girls With Goals all the time. So Yeah. And I mean, you know, what's interesting about podcasting to me is that I had the same feeling. So when, when, when we both started and then, like, Yes, around the same time, probably before me and slightly after Mm -hmm. me, like, you know, loads of podcasts started sprouting up in Ireland specifically and kind of that I felt were tapping into a similar market of followers that I would have had because I was kind of relying on followers to cross over from my social media. But what I've realized is, say on weeks when like um, Connor Behan and Holly Short all released Popsessed. Mm -hmm. And I think like initially I was like, oh, my God, this is going to, you know, they're going to do really well. And as a result, I'm going to do badly. Right. But podcasting has really shown me that one person's success doesn't take away from yours, like in terms of actual numbers Mm. that like on a week where I can see, oh, my God, Girls With Girls went straight into number one because, you know, they had this guest or they got like, you know, big buzz around it. That that, that doesn't mean that I get any fewer like I still get the same amount of downloads each week because I have a, a, a kind of a specific audience yeah. that listens to my podcast for my podcast or or for me or That's for the it. guests yeah and definitely nothing takes away from that or necessarily I mean by that same token I had kind of thought like I had James Kavanaugh on mm. and I thought he was great but I also thought that when James Kavanaugh came on I would get a huge boost in listenership because mm. I was like oh you know all of his followers will listen no yeah do you know what I mean so like I think people are quite loyal to podcasts absolutely but by that same token there's nothing that can necessarily boost or sync them yeah it's interesting because like when you really think about it the word podcasting was only literally invented in the last kind of two and a bit decades it's such a new medium still and now you know the jokes around it are flying and the jokes are so consistent like SNL to do it all they did a really good podcasting one actually I'll I'll, I'll send it on to you and um, but just the whole thing of like everybody has a podcast now and is that mm. a good thing or a bad thing essentially I think it's a great thing do you know what I mean like yeah. it's it's a medium where people can can do things that they were never allowed to do before and like who are we as creators to say well if you do that it, it will affect me or something like that I mean, if your product is strong and if you think that you have done your job correctly, it, like you said, shouldn't affect it whatsoever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, And I, it's also not like radio in that if you listen to Jenny Green, mm. that means that you cannot listen to the show that's on at the same time as her. So you have to make a choice. Whereas yeah. with podcasting, I mean, I know you only have a certain amount of hours in the week, but you can literally pick and choose. Mm. I decided at one point to stop listening to Irish radio that was predominantly male presented. And it leaves you with it's very like few everything. options. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. So like occasionally I would listen to Louise McSharry or I would listen to Alison Curtis yeah. or I would Tara listen Stewart. to Nadine Regan, Tara Stewart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But like a lot of the time when I flick through the channels, all I hear is men, men, men. Whereas yeah. on my podcast feed, I think it's 99% female. It's interesting as well. There's When I was in radio anyway, what I found so interesting was that a huge amount of producers and behind the scenes people and in news teams as well are women, do you know? And I found that really interesting because I was just like, people are very quick to say, you know, it's a male dominated industry. Mm-hmm. It, it is, but that's on air. Do you know? Like yeah. it's... I wouldn't, I know, I don't know the stats or anything like that, but I know that there is a huge female presence, especially in production and behind the scenes kind of work. And, you know, I mean, what is it if not, that's what we all need. We need people working behind the scenes in order to get this done. But it, it is frustrating and it is something that really kind of irks me. I don't have any bad blood about radio whatsoever. Like I literally think of it with fondness, but, uh, I'm annoyed that I had to leave it, to be honest with you. Like, as in, I don't, I have great memories of the station that I worked for and the people that I worked for. I wish it was evolving faster, to be honest with you, to just showcase like that, what you said, so many podcasts out there now are fronted by women and backed by women and produced by women. And, you know, that's fantastic. But I don't see radio changing as fast as it should be changing. Like I've been out of the industry now, out of radio specifically for over two and a half years and I thought there would be bigger articles have been written about it mm. like people are talking about it more but is huge change what's happening actually changed yeah nah, not that much at all I would love to see a study commissioned about that about the disparity between male and female presenters and then the the percentages of women behind the scenes and men behind yeah. the scenes and also to do an in-depth analysis of why that is mm. like is it that there are women who necessarily don't want to be on air and if they don't want to be on air why like is it to do with the kind of um gender difference in terms of that men are conditioned and taught that they can step forward and stand up and be heard and that women are yeah. kind of told to help make the tea in the background and I don't mm. I don't mean to talk about like production as making the tea yeah but I mean we that, do make tea though as well <laughs> but that that women are kind of less inclined I think to put themselves forward and to and to really lean in quote unquote yeah to that it's it's so place, funny like. it's so funny as well because like I feel a certain sense of responsibility because I present and produce obviously a show which is all about lifting other women up like it, the other job that I mentioned earlier play by play which is just wrapped season one you know I was just producing that and I have to say it was an absolute joy to be off air for a while and to just be working and anyone who does work in production will know what I'm talking about like it's lovely to do that sometimes and to not be on air but you know I'm it's gonna sound well I'm pretty good on air do you know what I mean and like I'm 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 good people like me talking like at panels and stuff like this I get asked on them more now especially with the way my career is going and I love doing that but I also love being behind the scenes and I love producing so it's funny because we're we're demanding that we're being heard more and and with that comes a sense of responsibility to shout about it and stuff but like like you said sometimes people just don't like being front and center and that's absolutely fine too but it's about not blocking the women who do do you know what I mean it's about making sure and also tokenism is absolutely rife like that don't Mm -hmm. just put a filling don't just do a sprinkle of of it like this like there's so many intelligent female broadcasters that are out there at the moment that can't get near a microphone do you know what I mean like they literally just can't and that's why they're flooding the podcast scene I think but like it will never compare in Ireland anyway at the moment to the amount of people who are listening to the national radio stations. Like they're massive audiences. And so it does need to evolve more and it does need to change because we are a very small country. And even though like our downloads and stuff are great, it's still big fish, small pond. Is that the yeah, right term? Uh, small pond, big fish? Small, small. Uh, oh God. Well, I mean, small fish 
in a big pond as in like podcasting and radio world that's what I mean yeah Oh, God. that makes sense. <laughs> Answers on a postcard. Oh. You know what, though? This reminds me of a conversation I had with Sophie Spence, the former Ireland rugby player. And when uh-huh. she retired from playing rugby for Ireland, she, and I hope she won't mind me saying this, but couldn't get a job coaching rugby. Oh, yeah. Like, was finding it really, really difficult. And I think she was saying that she, and I'm not sure if she has or not, I haven't I haven't really followed, um, kind of looked into it or paid attention. You know, I haven't spoken to her since, but she was saying that she was thinking of moving to Wales and opening a cafe. And I was like, there's no way that Brian O'Driscoll mm. would be going, oh, you know what, I'm finding it really hard. Yeah, it's so funny. Like we, I had, um, we had Tanya Rosser, a former, or no, sorry, current rugby player. She coaches as well. And she's an incredibly talented athlete. But like that, you know, the episode that we had her on, we didn't actually go into it too much because we were just talking about other things. But there's very, it's very difficult for women to find that pathway mm-hmm. from sometimes, you know, professional um, football or rugby or whatever it is into being a coach. And then the the few who do make it in then have a huge ream of other problems that they're facing with, as in like, you know, the problems of being taken seriously as a female coach, yeah. like going to how far can you actually go? Are we going to ever see a female coach, a national senior men's team? Do you know what I mean? Like, and the yeah. thing is, is that I know that it, it really is. And I feel like this is crucial. It's always about who's the better person for the job. I think that is the most important thing that you you need to remember. And so sometimes I find myself falling into, I suppose people call them rants about like the inequality that I've faced in in my career and and things like that. And the opportunities that I know I haven't had sometimes um, because of my gender. And the problem lies in the fact that it shouldn't always be the man getting the job. It no. shouldn't always be the woman getting the job. It should be the best person for the job. I mean, it's absolutely. So, it's not basic. It's so basic. Yeah, like. totally, totally rudimentary. But often people bring that point up when we're talking about tokenism or when we're talking about yeah. um, quotas in, in politics, especially. People will bring it up and go, well, then you'll end up having, you know, then you'll end up not having the right person for the job. Like if you're trying to fill a 50-50, if you're trying to fill a quota and you're like, for years, mm. we have had to deal with mediocre men. Yeah. So like, are you telling me that they're the best people for the job? Yeah. Because like 99% of the time they're not. Oh, I remember what I was going to say now. Mm. Very important. It comforts me no end that there are more people who watch Pippa O'Connor's Instagram story than there are who listen to the national broadcaster. Oh, wow. Sometimes I think that and it makes me feel really warm and fuzzy inside. Do you know, I've been trying to get her on the podcast for so long. She never gets back to me. (laughs) Her girls are goals. Like she has so many goals. Come on, Pippa. Well, Give me a shout. I think she's achieved them all by now. Probably, yeah. I just want to know what it's like to live in that house, to be honest with you. Like, I I want to know oh. what it's like. Well, you know what? Um, Doesn't she live in the K-Club or something? She lives in the K-Club. You know who else lives in the K-Club? Who? Conor McGregor. And according to my mother who went down the local shop, so so I'm from Straffan, which which is where the K-Club is, and I live about 10 minutes away. Not in, Do you live in not the in the cake, no. <laughs> and my mom comes back from the shop today and she goes, oh, they're having terrible trouble with Conor McGregor. Apparently he was out at all hours on a quad bike. <laughs> oh my day. That is one of the best stories. And I love these images of like Conor McGregor terrorising his neighbours merely by being Conor McGregor, if you know yeah. what I mean? That they're all like, and you know, he, he apparently, oh yeah, another story my mom told, apparently he bought houses for, for several of his friends, which like is amazing. That's an amazing thing to do. Mm. I, don't, I don't like Conor McGregor, so, so I'm not going like, woohoo. Mm. But like, that's an amazing thing to do. But I think the insinuation now is that they're all having parties there could potentially be a podcast idea in your mother relaying these types of stories she would never go for it I'm so fascinated she hates when I mention her but you know what she's talking about take Conor McGregor out of the situation she's just talking about 
feisty neighbours, isn't she? I'm having a terrible time at the moment with my neighbours. Show me one person who is not interested in what their neighbours are doing or not doing. Well, also show me one person who's not having problems with their neighbours. So They live in a rural area with no neighbours. Mine's a very new problem. It only happened. And I'm pretty sure that they've just moved in as well. Just having a party on a Friday night. And like, look, I love a party. But... (laughs) Sorry, this was at, it was at 4am, okay, and right, if I talk to you about the variety of the music that was coming down through my apartment and into my soul, I can't even, right? Okay, so 3am, Johnny Cash. To be honest with you, not that mad at it. I was like, okay. Yeah, Johnny Cash's okay. I was like, I could could get on board with this. That's soothing. It was when the, like, indescribable, hypnotic, Swedish dance music, that's all I can describe it as, came on. Just like, mm, 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 mm. like my bed how, was moving. It's funny now how we, we... Shut the fuck up. I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> we think the Swedes are great for fashion, but not for music. No, Why I know. that now? That's a whole other thing. They're great at interiors. I'll give them that. Did you um, see, um, somebody I follow on Instagram, I'll try and remember who it was and put it in the show notes, had her neighbours were playing really loud music, so she left them a note saying, here are some suggestions. So I was And gonna, it was like Mozart. yeah. The Carpenters, you know what I mean? It was like I was going to leave a, a note because like I've oh, done... Oh, I saw your note. Well, I did a passive-aggressive Instagram, you know, saying I was going to party all night, which I did and I was home in bed by 11. Um, lights out, no music. But I was going to leave a note downstairs being like, dear neighbours, thank you for the 3am Johnny Cash. Really appreciated that. What a legend, you know, we all miss him. But... Uh, anything past 4am if you could please get better taste in music and also think about your neighbours with families that would be much appreciated but I thought it was too passive aggressive and I panicked and I freaked out and I just didn't do it but I mean I could still do it is that passive aggressive or just aggressive I got out of I walked out of my apartment it feels passive aggressive because I was going to throw a compliment in I walked out of my apartment in my dressing gown or house coat as people call them which is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard and I walked up and down the apartments trying to decipher which which one it was. I couldn't find it though. And then I just started to panic and I had watched a thriller. So I was like, oh my God, this could be my night. This could be the night that I get murdered because <laughs> I'm fully convinced. I was actually more imagining murder. you as the murderer. In that <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. Like one of your neighbors would open the door and be like, what the fuck are I you know. doing? Yeah, this tiny woman in an oversized house coat. Tell me, about, tell me about Girls With Goals. Who has been the most like interesting or scandalous or... Oh, Rosemary, you'd be up controversial there. Controversial guest hey. you've had. Um, controversial guest. Has anybody caused a ruckus? No. Mm. I've dealt with people of varying fame and I think that I always find that quite interesting. Do you know, like some Mm. of my favourite episodes that I've done have been the ones with somebody who nobody knows. And actually, oddly enough, some of those have been the absolute best performing. So I had this girl on, Ashlyn Mahan, and she's from Huckletree, which is this, it's a business and they just host startups and they kind of like lead them on the road to whatever they're going to do. And she also is kind of a yogi as well. So she t- she spoke about going on like a social media detox and stuff like that. Anyway, like she tweeted out the show and I have to say like the reaction to that show, and it was just me and her, it was just a one-on-one. Um, It was just massive. And I think like, those episodes, the ones that really make an impact on like listeners, and I can always tell by the reaction that I get, I can always tell by the DMs and stuff like that. I find that they are more crucial for me as a as a person who's making this content than say, you know, the Maura Higgins episode. Although that was great to have Maura Higgins, but at the same time, and the episode did well. Uh, Ashlyn Mahan did like Ashlyn Mahan did better. Uh, she was very tired and she oh, seemed I hate that. she seemed a little bit 
flat. Like she seemed a little, yeah. Like I mean, I I saw her at. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. An event the night before and she was... She's, she's like an ambassador for some tan, isn't she? The yeah, so she was in like a gold thing, dress yeah. and she, it looked amazing. And then when she arrived, you know, she, I think... I think, to be honest with you, I think her bookers are booking her on too much stuff. But she was great. She was nice. She was lovely. I mean, you know, she's a reality TV star. I had about 25 minutes with her. Like, it was fine. Yeah, but you want some scandal. Was there no scandal? No, and I didn't ask her about her relationship or anything like that because I don't care. Oh, gross. I don't care about her relationship with Chris, the ballroom dancer. I really don't, yeah. And then I actually just interviewed Michaela McCollum, but we didn't put her on Girls With Goals, obviously, because... That's a conflict. That's not a goal. Yeah, that's a conflict. Uh, convicted drug smuggler. But that was really interesting. Like, she's just released a book and she's obviously getting a lot of stick because, you know, are you profiting from crime and stuff like that? So I read the book before the interview. Yes. So I read the but book I mean, before the know, interview. But I mean, you know, making the best of a terrible situation, perhaps. I just wanted to, I wanted to read her story. Like, I mean, classic, you know, these autobiographies that come out and it's like, my story by blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I don't care about your story. This story I really wanted to read because, you know, whatever about making bad decisions and people making mistakes, which everybody does, I wanted to know what she did to get to that life altering decision that she made. I have to say, it's very interesting read. You should read it. You should read it. So you're basically her marketing person now? No. Because I'm just saying that it's a really interesting book and you know in the interview I No but I mean you're doing a very good Now, now yeah. I want to read it well, you, I'm annoyed about that so You should want read, to it. Want to read it I think we're so I will leave an affiliate link in the show notes But you know what it is it's more uh-huh. so these people that everybody thinks that they know that's what I find really fascinating Just like that MTV show you But think it's you like know, you. But you have no idea It's the it's the judgment that I had about you before I, I met excuse you Excuse me Excuse me. The God. thoughts you had about convicted drug smoke smuggler Michaela McCollum it's all right are not the same as the thoughts you had about You're convicted Twitter spatter Rosemary McCollum. But this is it. It's all relative. It's about the snap judgments because every person that I've said it to that I interviewed Michaela McCollum, every single person was like, oh, what was she packing? How much is she carrying? Like, did you get a good contact offer? I was just like, okay. Um, Who do you hang out with? <laughs> no, but like the jokes. Literally, the, the only question I there. had was, did you ask her, does she still wear her hair in a bun? I know. And I disappointingly didn't. But it, it was, if you listen to the interview it was not that kind of interview but it's just I find it fascinating because I'm guilty of it to no end I make judgments and I make snap decisions and we don't know any of these people do you know what I mean so yeah I mean Irish people love to make a joke like joke in inverted commas that's basically just them being judgmental I think. but everybody thinks we that, all love it like. that's the thing everybody thinks that like you know oh your career's, career's doing really well you're going you're doing so good and everything like that you must have it really together and because I do these kind of shows, a lot of the people who are on then tweet and say, like, it was so fantastic talking to Neve, like, la, 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 la. 
I 100% don't have my shit together. Do you know what I mean? Like anybody who says that they do uh, is lying. I, I would love if people listened to How To Be Sound and were like, Rosemary really knows how to be sound. Yeah, I think you are sound. <laughs> That's the thing. You're very sound. You know what's funny actually is trying to explain the word sound. To, I don't know if you know that I've been in America. I noticed. I've been in America for a while. Know, um, yeah. Trying to explain the word sound to Americans. So I tried, it's just really difficult. Like. I tried to explain it to my boyfriend this morning who's English and... How long have you been dating that you're only explaining this to him this morning? Well, it's just when I was explaining the podcast, How to Be Sound, and I I just didn't know whether or not English people used sound as the way in which that we do. Turns out they do. So he knew. But so so it wasn't a... I didn't actually have to explain it to him. But I was like, do you guys say that I that's a letdown yeah I thought I was it was gonna be like a nice Irishism yeah yeah but uh, evidently let me tell not. you something about my country but yeah. no they've stolen it just like they stole all our potatoes right taking it go. right from us tell us about your English boyfriend obviously obviously I know like a bit about him mm-hmm. but you guys have been dating for in February we'll have been in contact for two years but we've been wow. like official official uh, yeah, a year and a half now we've been like boyfriend girl. And you've been official, official and long distance. And long distance the entire time. We met in a different country. We met in France. He's in England. I'm in Ireland. Did you meet so at a wedding? We met skiing. We actually, our first conversation was you in a hot fancy tub. fancy bitch. Yeah. It was in a hot tub with my mother. So that was awkward. <laughs> was it just the three of you? <laughs> no, no, no. His two friends were there too. It was more awkward than just the three of us. But like, it was funny because... My mom was kind of trying to like sell me off as mothers do. And she was like, and Neve always produces the ski videos, the family videos. She's so great at it. Like, cause we, we get a video every year. And I like made my joke. I was like, right, I'm never going to see these lads again. So I'll just be sarky, closed down Neve. And I was like, yeah, but you know, I always have to do so many edits on them because I always bring boyfriends and then we break up. Ha ha ha. <laughs> like literally, but honestly that's happened like to two of the videos. I've had to like edit my boyfriend out of them. And then Dan like literally so cool as a cucumber was like um so you left the boyfriend at home then to avoid the extra edit and I was like no no boyfriend but I just loved how he found that information out it was a very nice you're rolling your eyes I'm I'm kind of rolling my eyes because I'm like the two of you led each other into that that you're like no I usually have to edit out my boyfriend oh yeah I was oh and what about your boyfriend I was setting it up and he just knocked it out of the park like well done Dan so it was meant to be yeah it was meant to be but to be honest with you like you know we've had incredible incredible times we've gone to Japan like we've gone to Paris we've gone to Italy like he's literally he's I've said places I was like I've never been here I've never been here and he just like you know makes them happen he's so much better at organizing and planning and seeing this things through. This is what Chicklet has always made me think English boyfriends would be like. Oh my God, well, it, it's true. It's like, true. he really is. He's a dream in that way. But to be honest with you, it's not all what you see on Instagram. It's very difficult as well. It's hard. And well, we've been through hard times too. You yeah, know? I was actually going to say, like, that sounds gorgeous. Yeah, and, like, I love traveling. I love taking trips. But I also love having... The, the days where you literally do nothing you just sit in the couch and yeah. you look at your phones you're just together yeah but like like I was long distance with an ex now long distance he was in Galway and I was in Dublin so That's it wasn't still, that long I still think it was, is, it was yeah. before they fixed the motorway so it took like three hours back then <laughs> back in the day but I remember missing just the times when you would be together but wouldn't have to do anything oh, absolutely. whereas when we were together then it was like oh we should do stuff we should go mm. for dinner we should go on dates and yeah. also if, if we ever had a fight it mm. felt like oh my god we've had a fight in the one weekend we have together this month absolutely well that's one of the things that we would fight about the most like you know that we have to make sure that we have these amazing moments when we're together and you know even though most of the time it, it is really incredible you know 
I miss if I've had a really bad day in work being able to sit down with my partner and not yeah. talk do you know what I mean yeah. because when we FaceTime and stuff like that it's more so about getting the news out of the day and stuff like that when realistically if I've had an incredibly strenuous day and I make believe what our relationship would be like if we were in the same house I wouldn't be talking to him I'd probably be <laughs> cooking dinner or I'd be sitting or down like he'd be cooking dinner, you'd be having a glass of wine and watching TV like yeah. literally or yeah. it would just be normal and so I think anybody in long distance relationships can can kind of relate to this that it's missing out on the normal moments that I think are the hardest and I think that's the thing that I miss the most but again even though it's been hard at times you know we're still working through these moments in order to get to that ultimate goal which is obviously to to live in the same place I don't think it's sustainable forever you know we're not stupid like that and yeah so I mean it's definitely tough I I think people in general not just relationship wise but everything always want to put the best foot forward in terms of what we're portraying our lives to be and so a lot of people are just like oh my god well you guys go to weddings and you go abroad and you travel and stuff like that you've got this amazing relationship and pat on the back fair play it's been like how many years now that you've been doing this that's great but they don't see everything do you know like and that's not just relationships that's everything nobody knows what is happening in people's lives and I think you know you have to be open to that oh my god speaking of sorry this is not anything to do with this but I just watched something today the morning show have you seen it on apple tv oh no but I've heard it's brilliant it's so good so this is with Reese Witherspoon Jennifer Aniston Steve Carell and I mean I don't know whether it's based on like the downfall of Matt Lauer but I'm getting serious Matt Lauer vibes I read an article about this yesterday so the morning show is about Jennifer Aniston is this kind of morning show host and her co-host Steve Carell gets in trouble for kind of hashtag me too behavior yes yes he gets taken off air and then she has to kind of battle to do it on her own and you know figure out all this shit and it's kind of based around the, the studio but they had started it. They had started writing it, if if not filming it, but I think definitely writing it before the Harvey Weinstein, Matt Lauer, wow. the whole Me Too movement. And then they scrapped the whole thing and started to rewrite it. Okay. So apparently it was going to be a kind of a different story set in a TV studio. Yeah. But different. And then they went, oh, this is happening. Let's rework it. Yeah, it's so it. interesting. And that's, I, I kind of segued into that because from watching the first episode, I don't want to give anything away, but I really did. It's a huge moment of not knowing what people's lives are like behind the scenes. And that's kind of like what I'm, and also as a producer and a journalist and someone who worked on like, breakfast shows for years as well it's just so fascinating to watch and and looking at the relationship between networks and and obviously having the me too thread running through it as well it's it's also incredibly well written and acted and produced like holy shit rosemary you would love it do you know i actually wrote like here we go when i was feeling unfulfilled and feeling like i needed to create something i wrote a show around a breakfast news team like with a presenter and with a newsreader and with the the program director and i think i called it earlys or something like that but i've lost it. i don't know where it was but it was after a particularly bad weekend where i fell down the steps of the cottage that i was living in at the time and i scraped up my entire side and i remember just sitting in like getting antiseptic cream and just being like i have to be up at four in the morning I was like what is my life so that was kind of the first conversation in that show me explaining to the lads at 5am in the morning how I'd fallen down the cottage steps and I was alone and miserable and all that kind of stuff so it's actually pretty funny but then they did the morning show so I'll never get this made now <laughs> and would you ever uh, rewrite it I've lost it I don't yeah, know where no, it's no, gone I know but like you 
Yeah. Just, just do it well, again. Like, I'm like, just I mean, do it again. Be easy. If anybody listens to your podcast, somebody else will write it now. Do you know what I mean? Like someone will just take that idea and write it because I don't have time. Well, I don't feel like it was kind of that fully fleshed out. I mean, it was pretty good. No, I'm sure it was in your head. But I mean, like, like I don't think you've given away everything. You can I totally do it again. I haven't. Oh, actually, the one, the one good thing is that maybe I shouldn't say this. I don't fuck it. I don't care. It was only a week, so the whole series was just one week in the life. So each episode focused on oh, yeah, one yeah. character and it was all in the week. And then the end of it was on a boat at a party. And anyway, it was good. You should watch it when I write it. And okay. make it. <laughs> you should watch it in my mind. I don't yes. even have it written down. Yes, exactly. One day I'll get to it. <laughs> Do you have things like that? Do you have like projects that you have knocking about in your brain that you haven't got to yet? Yeah. That you or, really want to get to? Or I have projects that I've written... The like I've written the intro chapter or the intro two chapters to several different projects. Yeah, like I'm 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 working on a book at the moment, um, a book of essays. And I was speaking to a friend yesterday, and she was, oh, oh, you know, how's your book going? And I was like, oh, well, you know, have I told you what it's about? And she went, oh yeah, the social influencer. And I was like, oh no, not that one. Like really? that I have, you know, like because mm. I was I was thinking about doing a project about kind of uh, being a recovering social influencer. Mm. And then I changed my mind. I was like, I'm going to do something else. Not I changed my mind, but I was like, I don't want to do that right now. I want to do something else. Yeah. I mean, I I think writing a book is, I've always thought that I've had like a book in me. I was, I've always wanted to write a book. The thought of it now is just, is crazy to me because there's so much time and dedication. And also like writing a book now, like lots of people are doing it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's kind of becoming the new podcast. The new podcast. But also, you know, um, in in Ireland and like this is something that people had, had told me for years and years and I never really believed until, until I started pursuing it myself not even in Ireland but like worldwide unless you become a bestseller or unless you're optioned there's no money in writing a book there's no money so like you write a book because you love writing and you really have a story that you want to tell or that yeah. you want to connect with people in a specific way you, through the medium of writing but you don't do it because that's how you want to make your living because that's no. not how you'll make your living. Absolutely. I read, I actually was Unless listening. to J.K. Rowling, the dream. Yeah. Oh my God, I know. I was listening to a really interesting interview. I can't remember. It was on RTE, I think. And it was, it was an author. Ah, literally, I'm not going to have enough details of this for this to make sense. But like, <laughs> basically it was an author who was talking about the lack of grants in the, in the arts council and stuff like that. And then like off the cuff, he mentioned that he's written 12 books or something like that. And I had never yeah. heard of this man before. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, And I yeah. was just like, wow, you've written 12 books and you're struggling to get funding to continue to write and stuff like this. But it just exactly plays into what you said. Has to be a bestseller, has to be yeah. optioned, has to be turned into a movie or a TV series. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? like Or like so you get hired, daunting. you know, you get hired on the back of your book to write a screenplay for something else. Mm. And then that's how you make your living. One of my favourite books that I've read in the last year was N.K. Jemison's The Fifth Season, which is a sci-fi book written by an American woman of colour. And I now support her on Patreon. Okay. Now she's written, I think she's written a few books in the series. They all seem to have done very well in sci-fi circles. Mm. But still on her Patreon, she's like, if you'd like to help me make a living. And I give her $5 a month. And I I'm like, you know, Patreon works. You you get rewards. But yeah. hers, you don't get any rewards. It's literally just you're going, I love your work and I want to support you. Nice. Um, but it was really kind of shocking to me that I was like, oh my God, you've written this book that I fucking loved. Mm. I could totally see it being turned into a TV series. Like, you know, I gather you've written a few more. I'm going to read them too. Mm. And you're still uh, you know, looking I'll, for support. I'll tell you where the money is. You got to pack everything in, move into a van and start a YouTube channel. Hashtag van life. That's where the money is. Did you hear the story of that girl, Janelle? No, that sounds horrendous. Yes, so it is horrendous, but I'm slightly plugging a video that I'm working on at the moment, <laughs> whereby Here we a, go. Couple of, a couple have moved into a van. And I, I want to know, because what you see on YouTube, what you see is their life being like, 
we've packed it in. Now we live here. Here's our van tour. Here's how I shower. Stuff like this. Obviously incredible, like the, the van content tour and the, the SEO stuff. Like, actually, it's about an hour long. Um, but this one girl started a YouTube channel and in the space of three days, she had 1.5 million subscribers. Like in terms of the, the money that she'll get on a monthly basis from those advertising yeah, figures yeah, yeah. alone, she'd probably be making about 27 grand a month. But I would also like to point out that if you don't get big, big figures on oh, no, YouTube nothing. you make nothing absolutely but there's nothing like that's the thing it's it's funny because she then stepped away she's only had like four videos but she was like it was a little bit overwhelming there was all this conspiracy about whether or not she was a plant whether there's or a like Netflix AI show yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that if there was a Netflix show that would be clever yeah well that's the thing it would just be the best Very marketing, clever marketing. Yeah, ever yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah no I'm not I'm not gonna do that but I want to find out about the money behind that kind of stuff you know like I, yeah, I love yeah. these stories of people who've given up everything and who are living this this uh what's the word like nomadic lifestyle nomadic I was gonna say vagabond that's wrong <laughs> uh nomadic is the right word nomadic lifestyle but like for me it's a bit more like well like how much money do you have to be able to do yeah, that yeah, yeah. it sounds like it's but like bougie. also, also sounds like much, you need to have yeah. a lot of money well, well also how much homeless. money do you need is kind of what yeah. I want you know to mm. To be homeless without being homeless. Homeless, yeah, absolutely. Do you think, um, like, imagine if you and Dan, like, that would be the polar opposite of long distance would be to then go, let's quit our jobs and live in a van together. Um, this one meter or two meter square space. Oh my God. Like the thought of it. Like, because we, when we went to Japan, like everything's a little smaller in Japan. Oh yeah. So the small rooms, rooms are small and well, stuff like yeah. that. Small spaces don't really affect me at all. Like I'm quite comfortable on Ryanair flights. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't have long Well, legs. you're what? You're five foot one or something? I'm five one and a half. Yeah. On a good day. <laughs> um, But like, honestly, it's, I don't think I could live in, in that space like that that too confined I really like my alone time I think that's it contributes to why the long distance has worked that mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. love being alone like you've said that before I think we've spoken about it how like I don't know whether you actually did say that you were an introvert or not but like for me I do really enjoy being alone and sometimes yeah. you know having 385 whatsapp messages come in like just throws me over the edge yeah. and I do like times when there's no speaking although I actually would Funnily, much rather ironically enough, I would but. much rather 385 whatsapp messages than a phone call yeah the phone call things like I'll never forget this one this one situation when I was texting like a normal person this guy (gasps) a normal person yeah like before before we had even met up on a date or whatever we were just texting and this was a good few years back and I remember he messaged me and he was just like um I might give you a call if that's okay and I was like why I was like what's wrong what's happened are you and then I no freaked gosh. out, messaged my girlfriends, and I was like, I think he's going to telephone call me. I was like, what do I do? He called, and I just like, hey. I was like, what am I supposed to do? You know what? I had a similar experience so when I was messaging a guy on Tinder, like thought I was going to totally fancy him. Yeah. Um, like seemed really attractive, and then he was like, I'll give you a call. And like that, I was like, what the f-? I was like, uh, no, I'm really busy. And he was like, no, I'm just going to give you a quick call, which, which should have been a red flag. It feels like they might as well just be saying, I'm about to murder you. Yeah. You know. But anyway, he called me. We had this kind of 10 minute conversation. And in the 10 minute conversation, he made a joke about uh, how homeless people should just get jobs. Ooh. Something re- like something very just like throw away and then moved on to the next next topic. And it, but it was enough to make me go, oh, I'm never meeting you. Right. So, so, so it was the phone call that it took. Good phone call. To actually go, yeah. oh, that's what your actually, personality I did, is like. I did. You know that I mean? was a good phone call. And it, it actually turned into a relationship, which was a good relationship. So, you know, it was fine. But just 
odd. So the two of us are horrified, but we're also like, phone calls are a good idea. Yeah. But like, like nobody call me. Yeah, I just find it so funny. And like, no, whenever I phone my parents now, because I do, sometimes I'm just sick of like messaging. And whenever I phone my parents, they do immediately ask first off, what's wrong? What's wrong? Is everything okay? That's the first thing. And whenever I see a phone call coming in from them, I automatically think something's wrong. So I always answer. Even if I'm on a shoot, I will always answer the phone. My mom called me at 4 a.m., one one morning right what's wrong like 3 30 yeah. Yeah. yeah i answered it immediately like couldn't hear anything then rang her back and her phone was on airplane i was like oh my god like she's in hospital mm. it's going oh my god like, call my dad no answer called my sister my sister was like i haven't heard anything next morning mom texts me sorry love must have done that in my sleep i was like you're fucking dead i literally thought like i'd spent yeah. the, the next four hours going oh my god what do i do what do i do do i start calling hospitals what do i do and then mm. obviously i fell asleep so it's like do, not that bothered you know what's, what's happening to me for a while as well people were calling me who i didn't have in my address book now i'm a terrible woman for not saving people's contacts mm. sometimes i'll answer and they'll be like neve i've worked with you for three years why am i like why do you always sound like you don't know who i am um but yeah unknown numbers that call I, I wouldn't actually be inclined to answer those because I'm just like, why are you phoning me? And then the thing that frustrates me the most is when they don't leave a message because I am mm. one of those people who checks my voicemail. So do I, but I don't like when your family leave messages going like, hi love, just calling, just, like my mom. Yeah, no, no, hi, no, love, I just going to say hi. I'm like, fuck off. Number five. Just text me. Yeah. Anyway, listen, <laughs> Nick, thank you so much well, this has been amazing. for coming on How To Be Sound and talking absolute nonsense. Thank you so much, Rosemary. I want to request that you please don't move to America. Just because you are oh, sound well, and I like having you around. Don't make that, that request to the immigration and customs <laughs> people just yet. Thanks. Where can people listen to the Michaela McCollum interview? So that is, well, I wrote an editorial that went with that. So that's on the her.ie website. Um, and also there's a link to it in my Instagram, which I have uh, Neve underscore Mar on Instagram. And I have, you'll be happy to know, over 2,700 followers. So... I'm in the market for some more. So please uh, go and support. Yeah. And then uh, the YouTube is embedded into the editorial. But yeah, it's on the Her YouTube channel. And are you on Twitter, Neve underscore Mar? I am on Twitter. It's Neve underscore Mar as well. Yeah. Again, a lot of that is just my work stuff. I'm going to try and get braver at Twitter and actually write down some of my opinions. But they usually get deleted, which I wouldn't recommend it. No. I mean, it hasn't done done me much good over the years. Instagram is my thing. And also now I've, I've dipped my toe into TikTok. Which you is haven't. so terrifying. Like a young person. Like a really young person. But it's just to see. Do you have, now, now this shows my ignorance, do you have a username? Is that how TikTok works? Yes, you do have a username. But like, I don't want anybody to like go and look at me or anything. Oh. I'm, I'm on a well, predominantly. Why, did you, why for, did you bring this up in the like, what would you oh, like no. to plug section? Oh, no, no, no. Just for, it's literally just for just research. FYI. And I just wanted to know whether you were on it too, because I feel uncomfortable being honest, but I have to kind of for my job. No, I'm not on it. And I'll tell you why. Because I've already been overwhelmed by people doing hilarious things on TikTok, mm. where I'm like, oh, that video is really good. It's and I so know that good. mine would be shit. It's, it's kind of like how I feel about Twitter these days. Every time I do a tweet that I'm like, this is a good tweet. I did a good tweet yesterday where... I shared a picture of, so the Guardian had a headline that said, Leonardo DiCaprio says Greta is a leader of our times. And I tweeted a screen grab of, of, of this headline and I said, stay away from her. Because you know he loves young ones. Oh gosh, and okay. I was like, this is going to be my viral tweet. No. Nothing. Barely, barely a ripple in the Twitter ocean. Did you get like one or two likes? I got like, I got 200 and something likes, but I was looking for like Oh Jesus. Thousands. I would, that's, that's me going viral on Twitter. I was, looking, I, I was looking for the kind of reaction that would make me have to do a follow-up tweet saying, nothing to plug, but here's my Instagram. Yeah. That's okay. what I wanted. Um, yeah. So oh, no. no, don't look for me on TikTok, but I am very vocal on Instagram, usually about my neighbours. So. Oh my God, Thanks. exciting stuff. Yeah. And people can can look up Girls With Girls 
Anywhere oh, absolutely. Podcasts. SoundCloud, iTunes. It's also on YouTube now as well. Video as well as audio. But I'm, I'm glad I was there before those days. Yeah, it's nice. We've got a nice set now, you know. We're moving up in the world. That's the whole fucking point. <laughs> okay, Neve. Thank, so, thank you so much for coming on How To Be Sound. Thank you guys for listening. If you would take two minutes to rate, review and subscribe, that would really help. If you have iTunes, you want to give me a little five-star review that helps other people find it and also makes me feel good about myself and my life and what I'm doing. If you'd like to support me, you can do so on Patreon. As I mentioned, it's a subscription service and unlike the author N.K. Jemison, I do actually give you rewards. So you can sign up for $1 per month. That's patreon.com slash Rosemary McCabe. My producer is Liam Garrity and his own podcast, Meet Your Maker, has won more than one award. You can find that at meetyourmaker.ie. It's all about the people who make the things you love. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you all next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.